Hello everyone. Today, uh, I, Ashwini, am with the hosts of the Fat Soap podcast, Ameya and Pallavi. Hi, Ameya. Hi, Pallavi. Hi, Ameya here. So, hello, Pallavi here. Please tell us what Fat Soap is about. <laughs> Who wants to take this? P, you want to take this? Uh, sure. Well, fatso is basically uh, us saying to the world that we're fat and so what. Um, so the podcast itself is about talking about the joys and sorrows of being fat women in India. And as we like to say, heavy on the joy. But we do navigate, I mean, or we do talk about a whole lot of things that come up for us when it is concerning navigating the world as fat women, because Fat phobia is a real thing <laughs> and it kind of rains on us, rains on our parade all of the time. And it is therefore important to be able to say, yes, I'm fat, but so what? I can still have a complete and very happy life if I choose. It's impressive to see how much that upsets people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, see, it's like amazing to me. I'm like, uh, sorry if uh, you can edit this out if this kind of uh, NSFW language is not allowed but I'm like tumhari gaan mein kundli kyu ho rahi hai like why is your butt itching okay you think that that, that fat people fat, being fat causes diabetes you think that this is really bad and I should spend more time working out who are you why the fuck should I care about your opinion right just go, go go and talk to your friends and stop following my content so it is incredible how much people get upset by the idea that people that we accept fat and that we encourage other people to accept their fatness it's it the sometimes the worst are the people who have actually lost the weight also. because i feel like for them they're like i have tortured myself so much because this is the price and don't devalue my price which you know fair i mean if you lose weight and it makes you happy then it's your life choice but give me my life choice too man <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and yeah, so, you know, just in, in line with this, we are going to speak about fat shaming, fat phobia, maybe with a special, sorry, I'm out of words, uh, with a special uh, touch on relationships, how this affects our relationships. And <clears throat> yeah, so I, I will tell you my own experience. I have been healthy from a very young age. Definitely always been above normal or what we perceive to be normal. And I have seen the consequences of it too. Like, uh, you know, my I never actually had a lot of friends, but when I did, I kind of had this tendency to, you know, stick to them or to try and overplease only because I thought they were being so magnanimous and benevolent that, you know, they would accept me just as I am. Um, and this this thing just continues in all my relations and um, my family, my friends, a lot of them try to coach me on how I should lose weight, why it's important, etc, etc. And I, I understand that there is concern, but at the same time, it's mildly annoying, to say the least. <laughs> um, what about you guys? What are your experiences? Well, it is amazing, you know, to see how much we are programmed 
to reject fatness my god like you know i was just listening to you yourself and even though you're aware of this and you're questioning and you still can't you're like you know i'm healthy because you have to use that that euphemism because you can't use the word fat because it's such a terrible slur you know <laughs> and that's true because it is a slur people will look at you and say you're fat like you i mean i've been fat my whole life i i put on a lot of weight when i was 8 uh surely out of sh- sheer simply because i ate too much and that's it uh, i didn't like to exercise my mother and father couldn't figure out a way to induce me to move and then it just became like a thing right i would never move my body because people would point and laugh when i did uh it was a matter of shame that i needed to wear bicycle shorts so my thighs didn't shift um people would uh, constantly be like oh you should lose weight you'd be pretty if you lost weight boys would laugh at me girls would laugh at me tease me and of course just like you said i was desperately pathetically grateful when somebody condescended to give me their attention as a friend as a pair, as a teacher as a love interest of course love interest to matlab like no success <laughs> 39 years old on post still waiting for success No, I mean I did have one relationship and he wasn't a bad person so I count that as a win. Congratulations. That was my experience and it has taken a really long time to get to the place where I know that I do not believe that. I know that I have value. I know that I bring joy to people's lives. And I know that when people and, and to realize that when people don't appreciate me it is okay to walk away. it is okay to leave these people and not let them be in my life because they are exploiting me because they don't value me it's okay i'm allowed to do that because i deserve to be valued and fundamentally what changed for that was realizing that i didn't value myself you know right so once i began to value myself it became much easier to be like you don't value me my felicia yeah yeah um just hearing you speak of me it sort of triggered me because that's exactly the space we all come from you know we have been beaten down so much and we've been labeled in so many ways that we cannot escape you know you said something about being more than normal and then you corrected yourself and said well given what normal is considered and that is just it's heartbreaking because we always think that we're different in a bad way you know and we're constantly trying to conform and we will do anything as self destructive as it may be in order to conform whether it's in relationships whether it's at work whether it's just with our own dreams and aspirations right i mean I, it is my lived experience that i basically compromised on everything and anything that i would do um would always be weighed against the fact that i was a fat person doing it and therefore not good enough and every year of my life that i now live as someone who has claimed or who is claiming that space i occupy and every year that i live my life as someone who is unwilling to you know give in to that to those beliefs and those concepts it just shows to me how much misinformation there is you know because there is no normal 
we are a society that is based on conformity and on these um, so-called norms but the truth is there is no normal because we're not made that way so yeah i mean it it really gets my blood boiling and the the this conditioning goes so deep i mean i was telling amaya i woke up at some odd hour last night and i was thinking about something that i want to launch i want to do and the first thought and one of the thoughts that came to me was that hmm will they take me seriously because i'm fat and when i when the thought you know when when that thought struck my consciousness i was like jeez i am still thinking these thoughts I mean, but obviously somewhere to me, inside it makes sense there. that you would think this thought you, know? you may not you may you may have managed to break out of the cage but they are all still in the cage they are still going to you know so that's also there that's the problem that cage has to be broken for yeah, everybody yeah. and it's so interesting what you said about uh, there being no normal right because we yeah. we are so eager to promote the celebration of the diversity of human humanity right we have diverse cultures diverse languages diverse food diverse creativity but god forbid we should have diverse bodies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and in <laughs> fact, I I I noticed something very interesting. So when I was growing up, the trend was to be, you know, skinny or basically just again what people call normal. Um, but uh, now the trend seems to be to have this kind of body shape where you have a big bust and a big butt, and everything else mm-hmm. should be like minuscule. and so suddenly my body shape is apparently great um and and suddenly there are people like you know i uh, i just said i'm healthy here but in general i say i'm obese or i'm fat and people will say oh no don't say that you're very pretty and it's like i didn't say i'm not pretty i just said i'm fat this is different god yes <laughs> um Yeah so you know uh, I I see this uh, there's this change in in thought and but but fat is still being considered uh, kind of an abuse if i may say so um which is a weird thing to think about you're just describing your body that's perfectly alright so so yeah. would you consider uh fat as an abuse like if i said you were fat or do you prefer plus size to fat <laughs> we are opposed to overweight and plus size both because both of them imply that there is a normal size mm-hmm. uh <laughs> a fat is fine we call ourselves fat we say it very clearly very happily when people stutter and stumble over it i always make it a point to say fat it's a word i mean i have written a blog post about it god knows i have ranted enough about it but <laughs> the, the point is at the end of the day you know there is a history history of slurs that we have you know that are tied to marginalized groups and most of those slurs are deeply problematic because they were words that were assigned to marginalized people by the people in power and used to humiliate them while they had them in their power right the n word comes to mind for example or slut comes to mind but the thing about fat is it was a perfectly normal word in 1920 it was good to be fat yeah. that's like 100 years ago so 
the fact of the matter is it was just an adjective that described something so this demonizing that's been layered on top of it is the really problematic thing don't say that no you're not but you're so pretty like uh, i don't say any of those things i said i was fat it's a fact i'm fat i'm tall i'm fat that person short and thin you know that shirt is blue like what is your point <laughs> yeah 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 and and you know regarding what you were saying pallavi um about uh, you know the being worried about uh, making uh, an impression uh, i always feel this like every time i walk into a room i feel like suddenly people's attention just leaves me um i start feeling unheard and unseen just because they saw me like everyone's fine when i'm on audio and i'm heard and everything's okay as soon as i enter a room this is what happens i don't get it it's really annoying i mean just because i'm fat doesn't mean i don't have an opinion or a perspective i have pretty interesting opinions by the way if you hear the podcast you know that sorry we, we don't have uh, advertisements we just self advertise <laughs> um so yeah uh, i i think your concern is pretty valid no i mean see the thing is we know this uh it takes a long time to become cognitive of why we feel this way and because we're doing the podcast and we research and you know um there's just so much more that's coming up like for example i was reading this article a few days ago which has basically uh created what is called a fat scale and earlier they had 50 qualities that were attributed to fat and they redid the study and i can send you links to what that study is and all of that they redid the study and they found that they could bring it down to a 14 uh 14 attribute scale and what were the attributes that people relate to the word fat they were lack of will lack of self control a uh, weak person um uh, uh, a lazy person someone with low self esteem yeah so that is and unfortunately that is the way people grow up and are conditioned to think about so i walk into a room and people are looking at me and saying oh this person doesn't think much about herself which explains why when i walk into a room <laughs> and i am who i am people say oh my god you're so confident <laughs> because how is it to what they assume i would actually be feeling inside mm. which is you know someone who shrinks who wants to shrink right and uh it's a it's it's a terrible how do you even how do you even um fight this monster you know because it is ingrained it is ingrained in a 2 or 3 or 4 year old who and amia could share that experience who will look at you and say fat in a way that makes them you know which communicates to you like i remember i went and babysat this uh, class of 2 year olds when i was in school i was i think 15 at that time 
and i was disciplining one of them well not disciplining but just basically you know telling one of them that you can't hit your uh classmate and that oh, boy wow. turned around to me and said okay. you're fat <laughs> you can't tell me what to do and i was like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm also older so I can't tell you what to do. I will tell my teacher that you're fat. I said please feel free. But this is a 15 year old who's having to talk to a 2 year old and so I knew what to say, you know, not 2 year old, sorry, 3 year old. But yeah, I mean um, I guess that's just that's, that's how what early this kid is seeing his uh sorry, there's a him, right? Yeah, that's what this kid is seen probably seen around him. That's what that's yes, how he's seen yes. his parents um you know uh, react or maybe at some point of time he wanted an extra ice cream and his parents said, "Oh no no, you'll become fat and your cheeks will swell up or something like that." You know, probably whatever little TV show cartoon he watches has a fat character that's a part of jokes. That's oh, probably the yeah. most likely place he picked it up from. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, for me, my wake-up call was exactly that. Absolutely. The year-old niece looks at me one day because I couldn't chase her up the stairs or something, and I was like, I need a rest. And uh, she's like, I know why you can't chase me. And I was like, why? And she goes, it's because. And it's like she says it almost as if she was calling her. It's like, aunt, it's because you're an asshole. You know, like so much. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I shouldn't say this word out loud if anyone hears me. And I looked at her. She's like, "You're three. You're a stick." And this is a very positive family. So, wow. <laughs> and that's just it. Like that's that's how that's where it comes from. And you know, P, what you said about the confidence thing is absolutely right. That I people have always told me, "Wow, you carry yourself so well." you may be fat but you carry it well and yes okay granted there are certain ways that fat has accumulates on my body that fits quite well into the required hourglass shape or whatever the hell it is then whatever arbitrary beauty norms of the moment go with you know but it's that it's the it's the concept that you are someone who should be cringing in shame but you're not which means wow you must be something else or of course the other thing is that people get angry and then they like trying to start to put you in your place right which i suppose that clear old kid was trying to do to you p also it it uh, it, it you know when you said the, that thing about when you walk into I a know. room and then you people look at you and then you feel like you're invisible after that but you know the thing i find is that it's this weird weird place where you're invisible but you're so fucking visible also yeah, yeah. right yeah you can't hide you're always exposed you're always like stared at but also nobody can see you nobody can hear you yeah it's the yeah. most bizarre experience you know and and, and I mean, like i mean i go ahead, go ahead. yeah i used to counter it by being loud and funny and and whatever which is why so many fat people are funny because oh, yeah. it's a legitimate reason to get the attention right and it's a coping mechanism makes total sense that's where my that's what she said jokes come from uh, <laughs> um but yeah i oh, mean are you yes are you i one am of one of tribe? those i'm i'm one of, one of the tribe one of the tribe excuse me i have a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that's great i'm so glad <laughs> People cry when I make that's what she said jokes, but I love that. My friends, my friends go through three stages: first laugh, then eye roll, 
then shouting then i give up just go with it then setting it up and then looking at me <laughs> <laughs> yes i have successfully managed to uh, interrupt my entire group and now like at any given point of time anyone says anything the first thing running through everybody's mind is that's what she said it's yeah. great fun um uh-huh. but yeah like even you know if i have to enter uh, room of unknown people i'm so conscious hmm. of my appearance and you know what i'm wearing for example i have uh, fat thighs and you know to the extent that i've been called thunder thighs uh, and uh, i make sure that you know i'm always trying to cover them up i'm trying to cover my butt i spend 10 minutes looking in the mirror i, I actually don't look at my face just my butt and if it can be seen or not which is a really weird thing to say but it's it's true and i wish i would be less obsessed about it you know because uh, i know there's a lot of great clothing out there which would look great on me but only if i had the the freedom to uh, you know choose it without worry how could you how could you not be worried where have you received any positive uh exposure to this in a positive mm. way at all in your life i mean that's just the thing right that f- you have to find test holiday you have to spend your time in that place which is pallavi singh or you have to suddenly be in a place where you can buy clothes that fit you and suddenly all the men are staring at you and suddenly you're like wait i am hot like this only and and then do that recalculation but even then it's not easy right and this is the other thing that whenever you're supposed to appear professional whenever you're supposed to appear dressed up glammed up right there are images in your head and those images in your head are a result of of images in the world <laughs> wherever they may be right whether it's the people you see or advertising or shows or whatever it is those images are there in your head and there is no way that you can ever match that image and for the longest time i would never bother to get dressed up because i'm like i will never look like that what's the point i'm going to get all dolled up and then i'm going to end up at this party and stand in a corner and feel like an ugly loser because the difference between me and that image that collective image of what a dressed up woman should look like is so far that i don't even see the point i can't compete with all these other women i mean it, and and that's just it and it's terrible when it comes to the workplace when it comes to trying to look professional the f- idea that you can't look professional if you don't you know tuck this in or wear a tight pencil skirt or all of those things is deeply problematic because you can look professional or god if you have curly hair don't get me started on curly hair <laughs> and it is so troublesome because it's bad enough as women when you enter a professional space you are carrying the weight of that which is no small thing at all right all the pressure every if you screw up it will be because all women screw up and if you succeed it's because you got lucky there's no other interpretation to these things so all of that worry how do i how do i be assertive but not a ball busting bitch how do i be nice but not like a pushover how do i maintain boundaries but remain likable You know like these are the things that women have to deal with in the workplace. How do I not piss off my boss but not get sexually harassed? That's a big one. And on top of that you're like constantly worrying whether oh do I look professional? Can I look professional? There's this huge gap between me and that. 
my god the amount of time and energy and mind space we spend on this you know it's 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 terrifying yeah you just said gap and i, I i'm thinking about my thigh gap which i've never seen <laughs> dude thigh gap is useless do you know what my thunder thighs do they stop my phone from falling into the pot a hundred times <laughs> let me see your thigh gap do that <laughs> yeah no no i mean it's really we all uh, we all want to feel safe you know that is a basic human need right and the thing is that when you're going out there and interacting with people and you know you're going to be judged irrespective of what you're wearing what they can see or can't see just because you are a particular size and shape which you cannot hide as i like to say often uh the whole world can hide their maybe psychotic murderous behavior behind a thin body but a fat person who may not be anything at all will be seen as you know someone who's there's something wrong with them right because we can't hide our stuff so it's just not safe to step out and to interact with the world and it takes so much mental effort emotional effort to actually say you know what i'm going to do it nevertheless <laughs> and i'm going to be the best version of me i can be easy for people to attack us you know and and it is therefore so natural to be obsessed with how you're looking and how you present yourself because you know yeah. that you're easy prey yeah that's definitely. just the thing it's not so, just that you're easy prey it's that they get so angry how dare you not be pathetically grateful for my kind attention that's the other part of it Yeah. Yeah, I I've had a lot of weird experiences that way. Um this always you know that uh, person in the grocery store. So once I was just walking around in a grocery store and um this guy comes over to me um and he says uh you know I I really like you. There was no reason whatsoever to like me. I was covered from tip to toe including a mask. um uh except that i was wearing a special dress for diwali maybe um and he uh, he just comes and he's like i really like you and uh, i would like to uh sleep with you or will you give me your number and i was like what no. yeah um i was like no and i walked away but for some reason i kept bumping into him and it was really freaking me out like i felt he was following me So thankfully my flatmate was also in the same store. I just called him and he came and he was, you know, with me after that. Um but it it was kind of freaky because this was um I think uh, he must be in his 50s or 60s and I'm I'm 23. Um and this isn't the first time this has happened. It's happened a lot of times that old men especially uh, come and just ask me to sleep with them and so i was telling my really close friend about this and her first um her first response was well you know it's because maybe because you have like a, a sort of mom body and or or, or a fat body and old men 
tend to kind of like that sort of thing um uh, i i didn't know how to respond to that but the entire thing is just very freaky and in general i just feel very weird about you know walking down alone in places because of this that's not awful you know this happened to me in spain as well not this bad but uh really creepy because there was local bar getting a glass of wine waiting for my friends and this guy buys me a drink he says you look like you're indian i said yeah old uncle he must have been 70 or something so i'm like oh old exactly. uncle exactly exactly with him and he was like yeah i used to live in india and blah 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 long bhashan i used to work in the diplomatic embassy something something like very very good then he's like come back and see my house i have a beautiful house and i was like no thank you and then i looked at the barman and he was like uh, and i was like please stop buying my drinks and then he was like and then the barman was like just let him buy your drink i'll distract him you leave which is what i did but imagine my local bar became scary for me because he also lived around the corner But the thing is, when I lived in Spain, I used to say this all the time, and just the way you said that, what your friend said, it stuck in my head. But people would be like, "Oh my God, you're in Spain! You must be living it up! You must be getting laid all the time!" I was like, "Dude, no, wrong country. Spain, Latin America, very different." Because the truth is, the only men who pay attention to me are over the age of sixty. And my friend, my Spanish friend was like, "Yeah, you know, I guess it's also because look at you. You're like remind them of their uh, youth with your like, with your curvy body and your like your lovely scent of jasmine and all." And I'm just like, I don't even know how to respond to this because it is so true that that society has no space for young fat women because I couldn't buy clothes anywhere except okay, CNA and Primark sometimes, but that's just it. Like. It was like if you are a certain age and above, then you are allowed to have this body. So here are lots of clothes for you. But below that age, it's impossible. How could you possibly have that body? And it was just so upsetting because I had gone saying it's Europe. I don't have formal wear. I can't buy formal wear in India anyway for Western formal wear. So I'll shop in Europe. Fucking couldn't find a thing. Thank God I went to visit my friend in Dublin, and then we went to Marks and Spencer. Marks and Spencer. And managed to get like a jacket. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's happening here is the entire situation is turned around on us. Like when this incident happened, I basically felt like I was the one who was uh, responsible for it, just because I was fat. So like the solution to this not happening was not that these men should stop being creepy, but that I should lose weight. Yeah, Which is the same thing with any time women are harassed as well. We are yeah. just conditioned to assume that it's awkwardly attracted attention. Like your whole thing was like I wasn't even wearing anything nice. I wasn't even nothing was visible. You're like I did everything I was supposed to do to not attract man's attention. So <laughs> I I can't be in the wrong. Like you see what I mean? It's, and whenever we talk about being harassed in public by anybody, this is our first reaction. I was fully covered from head to toe. I was keeping my distance. It was careful. It wasn't dark. You know, I was careful. Yeah, yeah. That's how we're conditioned, and that is the great giant mess that our good friend society is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it. Uh, the thing is that this um, 
this association that if you are a fat woman uh, a young fat woman then you're probably being rejected by mm. everybody around you in any case so you're probably desperate for what they have to give they're you they're doing me and a favor right to ask for it because you're so you yeah yeah and you know they it's it all comes back to that to fat phobia and uh, yeah and uh, and layered over that is this whole entitlement that men feel where at some point uh, now if i'm you know start talking to someone and they say something like oh you're so attractive you know you make me go hard or some shit like that or horny or stuff like that and i'm like uh your dick stood up your responsibility to do what you have to with it <laughs> But no, that's not how society sees it, right? It's like our responsibility. Like we've done something, you. But I feel so sorry. I mean, it really breaks my heart to hear that uh, incident because it's again that whole thing of you going and you having to deal with that, and then you know have to feel shame about who you are. Um, just because somebody thinks you are easy or you will be desperate or you do not get uh what otherwise because a young woman would get somebody else just because you're less than you so that's that's quite heartbreaking yeah and the, the the true irony of this is it happens to young women who are thin also yeah. it's just yeah. Yeah. In, in the case of women who are fat it's both so yeah. we get the double dose oh, yes. of the guilt and shame so uh, wait hang on i was saying that yes I was saying that it's not that women in general don't already feel guilt and shame for attracting the attention of men who will then proceed to harass them right and it's not like women in general don't face uh, violent reactions to saying no but the problem is that when you're fat it gets layered with the fat rejection as well and the fat stigma as well and there's an extra level of as Pallavi puts it being easy prey to a lot of people there are people who might be thinking that oh yeah that girl she's too hot she's out of my league but oh this fat cow of course i can totally like you know just uh uh get her if i just cook my finger and then that resentment that they have that somebody who is who they think is in their league is is rejecting them makes their so violence even more and then they lash out at you if you're lucky it's words and if you're not it's it's much more than words uh as we all discover and the, the thing is the real root cause of all of this is is fundamentally the 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 idea that that there is a certain body that you should have whether you're a man or a woman or you're young or you're old or whatever it is the idea that there is there is an ideal and what's really fascinating is where this ideal comes from because the reality is that it comes from race it comes from race it was in in the time when um when when there was this entire social process of othering right the point when you turned the black body the black person into not being as good as the white person and you had to come up with all kinds of justifications for the way you treated them and the way you abused them and the way you try to differentiate that we are christian we are good we're not savage we have light skin we have straight hair we have light hair we have bodies that are like this and you know we're white we're pure we're good because we are not that and all of that is bad and 
that othering process is what fundamentally underpins all of this because so many of these ideals of 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 the female body came into being only in like the 19th century you know and and later than that also but yeah 19th century it it's it it it's shocking to consider the politics behind that and how much they continue to affect us today that what you were saying earlier about change in the body like curvy bodies or this is a trend that i see on instagram that i find very disturbing where you see if you follow the plush size or curvy hashtags sorry <clears throat> if you follow the plush size or curvy hashtags on instagram you see these women who have been who mm. have clearly had like surgery that's perfectly to right. change their bodies who have these tiny waists and these huge butts and these huge breasts and and that is completely abnormal and completely bad it is as bad as wanting to be anorexically thin like a runway model you don't want to look like in kardashian and you don't want to look like i don't know who's a runway model but you know pick one the point is you need to look like who you are and how you are so that your body can do the things you need to do but this 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 reverse rejection of thin as it were is not helpful either because the reality is that you will still have fat and you will still have jiggers and it's not going to magically be in that shape and to actually have those kind of proportions you're going to be very unhealthy so the end game of all of this is essentially that we get to control how women see themselves how the world sees women and how the world wants them to be because at the end of the day that makes them captive to a bunch of things a it makes them captive to spending money so yay capitalism right diet books crazy plans supplements weight watchers herbal life you know keto sheeto all this stuff so much more money is spent on this so much more time and mental labor and emotional labor that goes into this and when it comes to things like fat and nutrition and 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 health it becomes not just labor for yourself it's labor for all the people that you care for because of course as a woman you are the caregiver in your family you are the one who has to remember who is allergic to peanuts and who doesn't like broccoli and what has to be bought and when the milk is running low and all of those things like you know you're the one who has to keep track of all of this and fundamentally at the end of the day where do you have any time to question or fight all of the patriarchy that's in there so sexist capitalism benefits like no i mean unbelievably from all of this and we're all brainwashed into thinking that it's better for us all sorry i didn't want to get ranty but there you go <laughs> no and you know i I don't think we recognize or even talk enough about the mental and emotional abuse that comes out of all of this because for example uh you know the uh, there are so many times where I have literally been made to feel that why do you think this person is hitting on you or why do you think this person is being creepy or so on and so forth you're so fat who could be who could be attracted to you you know and the truth is that i mean <laughs> the truth is that there are many who are um i mean basically it's like all kinds of preferences some people like sweet some people like salty same way yeah. there's some people who really i mean they're different people and they just like different bodies and yes it is 
uh, it is not allowed to be expressed because even the people who are attracted to bodies which are heavier or bigger don't speak about it because they feel that they will be marginalized or made fun of or you know whatever else and then the people who are in the bodies like ours uh we feel that no who could be attracted to me you know maybe this is my mind maybe i have a dirt i've even been told this that you have a dirty mind that's why you feel every man is lecherous towards you mm. but heck no my life experience has taught me that every man i thought was being lecherous to me was actually being lecherous to me and the fact that my inner signaling system got such confused messages was at great detriment to me and you know my therefore safety and experience of these things and it's the yes, same yes. thing that happens with food it's the same thing that happens with movement you push your body beyond its limits when you're trying to exercise you injure it all kinds of things happen why because you feel that if your body is saying stop i can't do any more i'm tired it means you're being lazy you know your whole uh, ability to understand food and what food is good for you or not good for you the body is a very intelligent system the body will make you feel like eating certain things because it either needs the nourishment from uh, <laughs> you know the the nourishing perspective of food or it needs the nourishment from a comforting perspective of food you know it will come it will make you feel a compulsion to eat certain things but it's so broken we're so broken inside that we don't know when the body is asking for what you know because we are used to having a sheet of paper that dictates uh, how much dal you can have one katori how much sabzi you can have two you know two spoonfuls and how many chapatis two chapatis with uh, no butter you know and it just just breaks it just breaks every single i mean from at every level that inner voice that tells you what you should do that makes you who you are that can guide you that is all about your talent and creativity and what you can give to the world it's broken you can't hear it because there's so many layers of oh uh, one article came out to say if i drink more coffee i will lose weight then another article came out to say no coffee is very bad because it stops you from burning calories so do i drink the coffee or don't i drink the coffee you know i mean the reason i'm giving this example is it's as basic as that the whole day you're in this mind field of thoughts that can i have this one spoonful of this or should i not you know and you're so scared of yourself you're just constantly scared of yourself and what you're going to do to sabotage yourself because you don't know you're just disconnected and the thing is you're so scared of your body because your body is telling you i'm hungry and you're like oh my god when my body tells me i'm hungry then it's trying to attack me and i have to resist it and then meanwhile your body's like bro i'm hungry help bro i'm hungry and of course the next time you get access to food your body's like i know when this this bitch is going to let me eat again take everything and voila you have an eating disorder and on the other hand you'll get a troll who will say to you you need to love your body and you need to give it what it needs which means you need to lose weight and you're like uh listen make up your mind <laughs> which is it 
yeah yeah in fact i think yeah this is a something i have noticed recently you know how uh, so for me at least my friends and family are telling me you should lose weight you should lose weight you should lose weight just you know hammering it into me every day and this is actually what is causing me uh, causing binge eating and eating disorders for me like if they stop saying it i'll probably not think about it that much and just slide into you know what my body needs but the stress of them saying it again and again just makes me reach out for that fast food or you know bring me quick relief from this mental torture yeah that, so it's a vicious vicious cycle and um i mean i i don't know if you've heard uh, what we recommend on our podcast but we keep talking about these particular books so one is health at every size by lindo bacon because it's so important for you as an individual uh, to read up research and understand the science behind it because the truth is uh, it's very difficult to speak to family they coming from the perspective of what they seen in terms of your quality of life so to speak um and they will put that pressure on you and until you find you know until you are able or at least this is my experience so maybe i'm giving unsolicited advice and i'm really sorry but my experience was that i had no language to let people know very kindly and generously that listen this is my life and i need to figure out what to do with it until i had done the research for myself and until i knew the science behind my body what my body needs what it doesn't what the disordered eating does what it you know uh in the sense what the disordered eating does in terms of the health impact versus what the weight does in terms of the health impact because everybody tells you that your health you know your health is being compromised because you're fat the truth is your health is being compromised because you have an eating disorder and these are two completely different things you know Uh, so yeah i mean it's very important for i feel it's really important to do this research and to do the reading and to understand all of this because otherwise you don't develop the language to be able to tell people who will quote you know they'll say things like this doctor he has uh, studied for 10 years he has studied anatomy you think he doesn't know what is best for you and uh, you know he has Uh, cured so many people he has 30 years of experience blah 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 if he is saying to you that you need to lose weight you think he doesn't know what he's saying and you know what do you say to that but the thing you have to say to that is uh when the doctor studied 30 years ago for those 10 years the research wasn't in about or maybe it was in and it wasn't in his books on what really correlates with health you know so i don't know sorry maybe i've gone on to this <laughs> no no you're right no, 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 i mean no, the thing no. is just that that there is this idea that doctors are all knowing all seeing and all perfect but they legitimately are not the human beings just like you and me they have biases just like you and me and the more senior a person is the more you know into in in the it's ingrained all this stuff is to them like i've been struggling with this bloody knee problem for so long now and my orthopedist who is not too fat phobic at least would like he's like oh no but you will get osteoarthritis 
oh you'll have a problem you should get bariatric surgery i said but i don't have a problem he's like yeah but uh, once you get osteoarthritis you know you will you can't fix it like you'll always have it and granted i i think at least from the research i have done osteoarthritis is actually one legitimately connected with uh, with weight disease like it's like one one huh? with no questioning so far so far but my point to him is that okay then i get an mri and he looks at my knee and he's like oh oh your knee is fine i'm like damn straight it's fine so what was all that shit about you know what was all that you have to get bariatric surgery why you just told me my knee is fine oh but you're 38 you know it's not as fine as it should be i'm like i will collect three of my thin friends i will pay for their mris and we will look at their knees and see what they like the fact of the matter is that you don't bother to check their knees so you don't know what the fuck is wrong with their knees actual fact many people i know who end up with knee surgery none of them are thin there are none of them are fat they're all apparently quote and quote fit people who do crazy shit so you know what you want to go skiing and then you fall yeah. over and you have to get patella surgery wow you're so cool <laughs> why god you're a fucking idiot why are you why are you trying to hurtle down a slow slope where you can't see obstacles at like whatever uh, 25 km an hour or whatever fuck it is this is my point no it's it's about how we think about these things you know so if i come to you and i come to you for something that has nothing to do with weight but come to you with a fever and you tell me to lose weight why like that's the thing that all these people who are like preaching about doctors have studied i'm like you go to a doctor with tonsillitis and let them see if that watch them lecture you about your weight before they prescribe antibiotics and we'll see what you have to see on the subject but nobody knows that no they just think that you're a lazy person who doesn't want to lose weight and put in the effort and doesn't have any self control as palavi likes to say i spent my whole fucking life denying myself stuff what do you mean i don't have self control you know um, i however give in to everything yeah. so i actually don't have self control but that's fine so you know just see thing. me eat you didn't just see me eat four of the brownies we have in the house anyway so that's the whole thing it doesn't matter if you eat in four brownies you know you've also spent an hour in the morning doing uh, jharu pocha right i mean sleeping no, no, and walking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not, no but the thing is the thing is you know it's this whole I mean you know they'll have these campaigns which will say obesity kills first of all I'm allergic to the word obesity uh but they'll have this campaign about obesity kills no extreme sport kills extreme oh, behavior yeah. kills not being careful when you're driving kills uh there's so many other things that kill you obesity does not kill you and I mean a couple more things You know how they tell you all the time about how one day you're fat. If you don't lose weight, you will drop dead of a heart attack. I'm like, let me think about all the people I've heard out heard about from between the ages of 30 and 50 who have dropped dead of a sudden heart attack. And not once has anyone ever said, "Oh yeah, did you hear? They dropped dead of a heart attack. They were fat. It was expected." Has anyone ever said that? No. Oh my God, yeah. only 45. Oh, oh my As god, only 30. And I'm like, so then what what make up your mind? Either it was expected, therefore there's no shock that this person is dropped out of a heart attack. The fact that they dropped out of a heart attack shocks you means that you're that you don't, clearly don't believe on a fundamental level that fat people die earlier. Also, let's not forget the fact that fat people don't die earlier. Anyway, 
Yeah. No, there's a lot of research about this, which really shocking how how uneducated people are but then i mean we could do a whole other episode on that the other thing <laughs> to amaya's point of you know you're a ticking time bomb is what i was being told constantly um and that was always defense when i said listen i'm fine just you know like fuck off and sorry if you have to like edit <laughs> oh No, it's fine. So, the the revert would be well. You say that now, but as you grow older, your knees will stop functioning. As you grow older, this will happen to you. Like I remember being told all the time when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen. You know, when you turn fifteen, you will stop being able to lose weight so easily. If you can't lose the weight by the time you're fifteen, there is some amount of weight which will be stuck on your body forever. You will never lose it. Okay. I was told the same about turning 30 I was told the same about turning 40 I was I'm now being told the same about you know when you hit menopause <laughs> so it never ends <laughs> especially for a woman and her body the other thing uh, about this uh, and I've lost my train of thought sorry <laughs> I'll have to come back to it um but it was an important one anyway maybe Amaya you have something to say <laughs> I mean, I, I think we've said plenty on the subject already about this, but the reality is that it is a, it is what can only be called in 2021 a sustained and highly motivated campaign of disinformation. I said disinformation, yeah. by the way, not misinformation, because it is deliberate. <laughs> it is deliberate. The Hayes studies came out 20 years ago. How do no? How does nobody know about this, right? I mean. it boggles the mind and if you do a little intuitive thinking as well right people who talk about oh you know fat people uh, get diabetes yes there is probably a high correlation rate between fat people and diabetes but uh, maybe actually the connecting factor is that in the case of diabetes you tend to be insulin resistant in the case of obesity i mean uh, in the case of obesity insulin resistance causes you to put on weight because your cells don't respond to insulin and so they store fat differently therefore maybe insulin resistance is causing both so you see both symptoms of the same problem now i'm not a doctor i have not conducted this study but i'm a person with a brain who's read a lot of these studies i am not qualified to give advice i'm not making prescriptions to anybody all i'm asking you is to think for a second and ask yourself why and what if what if something else was causing this relationship is there something else that could plausibly cause this cross causes relationship has anybody bothered to investigate it has anybody proven that it doesn't cause this relationship then the space for it as a possibility continues to exist in science but as long as we continue to deny that it is a possibility that's a problem once more i am not telling you to stop caring about your health right I'm just saying that it's possible to care for your health in different ways. It is possible to run marathons, to do handstands, be incredibly yoga flexible. It is possible to be in a swing dance troupe and to perform salsa on stage with Shahrukh Khan and be fat. And these are all actual people I'm talking yeah. about here. It's not me coming up with ideas, okay? Right? It is completely possible to be completely healthy, completely fit and still fat and we need to be open to that idea because the thing we keep forgetting 
is when you demonize fat people this way you give them eating disorders which causes them severe health problems you tell them they can't move you tell them they can't be strong you tell them they can't be flexible and they listen to you because why would they ever think they could be when nobody has ever shown them another option right why would you think you could wear this dress if no one has told you you could and everyone is in fact told you you can't and that's just it at the end of the day i can beat the shit out of the punching bag but i'm still fat i used to go when i started boxing in spain at this boxing gym and and there were of course spain all the women skinny big breasts great and they would all be like there in their little hot pants and their sports bra or if it was winter long pants and their sports bra and there i was in my oversized t-shirt and my weird trousers and whatever it was and then we would have to do all these warm up exercises where you have to do burpees and you know and i was like laugh and the trainer was like no no you go do this on the corner and don't join the overall warm up and i used to feel like shit but then the minute we got to the punching bag these women would like punch the bag and the bag would just stay still i would punch the bag and it, i would have to chase it around in circles and i was the one that the trainers would come to and pat on the back i was the one that they would be like hey good punch now do this because i was the one who was actually using my body as strength and the thing is there's a whole other uh, side tangent rant that i that we should really not go into about uh, women <laughs> and how their bodies and muscles and all of that but <laughs> the point i'm trying to make here is it is extremely possible to be healthy and fit and be able to bear your weight if you train your body right there are so many thin people who can't bear their weight and yeah and uh, yeah no and i just remembered what i wanted to say and you know it's just that uh, we talk about uh, you know it's my lived experience is that everything i was i grew up hearing about what i cannot do i've actually proved wrong <laughs> you know and it's it's quite amazing because for example i remember there was this walk of hope that was going to happen and i said i want to be a part of the walk of hope so the whole thing was they were going to walk 7500 kilometers from kanyakumari uh, yeah kanyakumari to kashmir across india over a year and a half where they would walk 25 kilometers every day and i remember the first time it even occurred i mean first it took me 6 months to get the idea in my own head that i can do this walk then when i told my friends and my mother and they were like uh, you can't and i was like yes i can and i did i walked 2500 kilometers over 100 days i did it you know so the thing it's that wow. we are told constantly you can't do this you can't be this you are this there's something wrong with you etc etc and the truth is the amount of resilience the amount of self control the amount of will power the amount of deep introspective thinking people who are fat need to do is unbelievable i think we we have superpowers really because we're fat <laughs> and that reminds me of this movie called thunder force which you must watch if you hadn't amia recommended it to me and it's brilliant but you know and, and i would mm-hmm. say this is with any outlier so when you're fat you're an outlier to the norm right and uh, the more you are an outlier to the norm the more you are um, let's say beat down upon uh you know the more you are beat down but the more that makes you become resilient the more that makes you become um 
the more you are willing to rebel i mean you're like well i already don't have anything so i may as well just go ahead and do this because what do i have to lose you know correct so you end up taking those risks and the more empathy you have as well for a person's lived experience because someone who fits into the norm who does not know what it means to be rejected by everybody they don't even have the mental ability to figure how would i function if i do get rejected you know whereas someone who is rejected all of the time but still goes ahead and has a job takes care of their own expenses lives independently travels uh is healthy takes care of their food and nutrition doesn't need to go to a doctor etc can you imagine literally the superpower that person has just on account of having to navigate society in that way so i i really i mean um i wish we could um you know i wish this was a narrative that we could give to every person that thinks that they're not normal or that they are rejected or that they are uh incapable or that they are less i wish we could tell them that listen if you have a functional life in this society which is telling you you're wrong all the time then dude you literally have a superpower and tap into that in any case you have nothing to lose because in any thing in any case everybody thinks that you are you know incapable of doing anything so just go ahead and do that thing you want to do because you're probably going to surprise everyone i mean there's a very high probability of that so yeah 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 i mean you are considered the underdog in any case um but at the same time you're also probably used to overcompensating for being fat so you know um you're used to working harder than others that's what she said <laughs> so but um uh uh but yeah so you know you're used to to doing more than others you're also probably a more empathetic yeah. human being um and yeah i wish sanchi was here we were actually speaking about this the other day um we were speaking about how uh, women who are conventionally beautiful never actually understand this um this problem of you know not getting attention <laughs> or not feeling seen and heard in a, in a room uh and yeah i mean they they don't they just don't get it they're just like oh but you know or maybe you could try to do this maybe you could do this um i was told that um i don't get heard and seen by boys because i try to be one of the boys i don't try to be one of the boys that's just mm-hmm. who i am but you know it's always something i need to do it it's not somebody else's fault so yeah I, i totally get your point i mean i have to work a lot harder to to prove my mettle if i may say so um and yeah that's that's just a sad reality of life. i don't want to say i guess i've just accepted it i mean i don't want to say one thing so, sorry sorry just one thing can cut this out i have to shut the door yeah, no um i mean I, there's something that I do. Uh, this has to be just can i finish what i was saying yes yes of course i thought you were going to do something go ahead so i do want to say one thing uh it's definitely true that that conventionally attractive women get seen much more than us but it's uh, it is not true that that necessarily makes their lives a lot easier 
right? I do think that there are some places where, of course, yeah, when you yeah. want to get a guy's attention or, you know, like that. But in many cases, there are women who are deeply uncomfortable and cannot be, they may be seen, but only seen as a pretty girl and not allowed the space to be or mm. anything else. I just, I mean, sorry, um, I can't help it. I felt that it was important to point out that that perspective exists. No, for sure. Yeah, I yeah yeah sure. I don't disagree. Of course, everyone has their own troubles. Sorry, I was going to say exactly the same thing, which is that uh, women in general have a bit of a rough deal, where you know whether you're conventionally attractive or you're not, something or the other is um, is a barrier or an obstacle. And a lot of women who are conventionally attractive actually have huge body image issues and huge confidence issues just because um, they look in the mirror and they see something very different to what we see because they see flaws like I may have you know I may be slim and blah 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 but I don't have a thigh gap you know so there's always something to aspire to and there's always something wrong in one's appearance if we look at society and it's not what is different yeah. for women who are in smaller bodies is the thin privilege you know they don't have to they don't have to think twice before walking into store and buying clothes they get clothes which are occasion uh, relevant they don't have to think twice before sitting on a chair and wondering whether the arms will break off or whether when they get up those are, the chair will lift itself along with their body they don't have an they don't have to think twice about whether they will be comfortable in an aeroplane or not so that is the difference between but not the body image issues i think body image issues are across the board so that was the only other thing yeah mm-hmm. uh, and it's also not just the fact that you may you may be ha- you may be quote unquote happy with your thin body but you will live forever in fear of it changing that's the other thing right because the specter of no longer having yeah, that body yeah. exists and thin privilege of course is is uh, and the one thing that we uh, missed on the list this time is <laughs> just the fact that other people don't look at you and immediately say oh fat person target blah 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 yeah. At the end of the day, that is not yeah, visibly yeah. out there. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I was just trying to say that uh, I don't think they understand what it's like to not have to be unseen, or uh, or you know, like for example, if I speak, uh, it's very much possible that I may not be heard or um, I may be ignored. as compared to uh, if my friend who is conventionally beautiful uh, yeah. speaks you know so she she cannot uh, understand that situation I'm, i'm not blaming her it's just that she's never been in that sort of situation so she doesn't know what it's like yeah um, yeah no but i do agree everyone has <laughs> has uh, some something you know that makes them yeah. insecure um Yeah. But yeah, so I wanted to also ask about your uh, families and or, or people who are close to you and how you how you deal with them. Because you know, it's it's different when um how do I put this? So uh, there are people on the street who might say things to you you're not going to care about that. But if it's coming from a close family member, Um, and you know they genuinely care about you they might just be misinformed but they care about you 
<clears throat> so how do you deal uh, with them making fatful big comments or asking you to lose weight <laughs> so maybe i should talk about yes well, yes i'm thing- being very quiet So it's very difficult for me to talk about this because I have grown up in a fat phobic family. Uh everyone from my parents to grandparents to everybody um was fat phobic and basically that impacted me severely. And it continues to be that way. Um I was telling Amaya that I suddenly realized a few uh, a little while ago that um actually my parents stopped talking about my weight to me when i got married it was like you know that hurdle has been crossed so now we don't because you know they've always said that i'm defensive about my weight and stuff like that so um i think that's when i stopped hearing so much about weight from my parents but then i heard it from my husband and my in-laws so it didn't stop and i think when i stepped mm-hmm. into the world of body positivity because that was my first step towards fat liberation it was through um body positivity i knew that it was something that i was doing because i felt it was right i knew that i could not expect anybody to support me in any way um by that time i think uh, there was a there was one friend of mine where the relationship was strong enough where she you know said oh if this is what you want to do then sure go ahead because she was also someone who would keep advising me on how to lose weight and she would keep saying well i'm calling you out because you're not really you know trying to lose weight blah 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 but then when i told her that this is how i feel and what i want she was like great you know if this makes you happy sure and so there was this sort of acceptance and approval that okay if this makes you happier then good you found a space where you're a little more comfortable in. but and i thought it was acceptance because i kept going forward right it was body positivity then it became health at every size then it became fat acceptance and so on and so forth but it all all the cracks showed when i started the podcast because that was just too radical for everybody um except of course very few close people for the rest of my family and extended extended friend circle it was just too radical uh my mother heard one episode and did not want to listen to anything else my uncle called me and said listen i've heard one episode but i don't think i'm the target audience my other uncle called me and said hey uh you know you've been blowing up my feed on facebook but you clearly have a lot of rage and anger from your childhood and i was like uh no the point of why i'm saying these things is because i've had to deal with all of that rage and anger and now i'm willing to talk about it so no uh but that was the reaction i got from everybody nobody shares my link nobody likes our posts nobody does. in fact i stopped posting on facebook reposting on facebook because i'm like what's the point you know and um and the other thing is that uh from my extended friend circle a lot of people came up to me and said listen you know you're doing this thing and you know good for you and all of that but and one of them actually said you don't know how sick you're going to fall you know and then we'll be the ones taking care of you so i hope you've considered that i was like <laughs> uh sorry maybe we should not be friends anymore so that you don't have to take care of me when i fall sick because like hello 
So for me, it's been. I mean, for me, I'm at a point where I've basically cut ties to a lot of those uh, acquaintances whom I would call acquaintances now and not friends. And I've cut ties with my family. And the reason I've cut ties with my family uh, and a lot of those acquaintances is not just because of the fat phobia and things like that. There are a whole lot of other issues and reasons. but a lot of it has to do with the fact that they all believed i should fit into a certain mold and i did for the longest time i did i was the good fatty you know i was the good girl i was the one who tried to be uh fitting within a norm and when i started breaking out of it they just couldn't deal with that so okay bye bye <laughs> yeah that's my story wow that was um well i'm Uh, thank you so much pandavi for sharing that it it sounds very traumatic but also you're really courageous to share it and just in general now that i run a podcast i know what goes into it and i think both of you are are brave and i mean you know not just not you know for being podcasters who are fat but um for being podcasters who are calling out people um for the nonsense they do that takes bravery not not for starting it but actually for continuing it you know and i mean i just want to let you know that i have always been searching for people like you so <laughs> thank you for this <laughs> yeah. that's why we made this podcast <laughs> I mean we have always been searching for people like us too right P <laughs> yes and i have to add to that um the one beautiful thing that has emerged in all of this uh, you know in all of this doom and gloom when it comes to that circle of mine is the beautiful friendships i have developed post that i mean whether i mean amia of course is my she is my family and you know uh, it's beautiful because your family doesn't have to be the one you're born into it can yeah. be the ones that you choose and you know you i mean i got to spend time with amia's mom and the level of acceptance and comfort and just the joy of seeing a mother and daughter relationship that was like that was a balm to my soul you know <laughs> um so uh, that and just you know there there are so many i've met so many more women who not because they were fat but just because they had a different idea of how to live life are also in a very similar position to me where they don't think they have the support of the family and you know that one takes for granted and they're also surrounded by a family they choose and that's a very beautiful feeling you know it it is scary not to have something that you believe all your life will be your fallback and support system but then at the same time there's this other beautiful support system in community which to me is the community of just do right now and me and a few other people who are joining but that is also very beautiful and very secure and sometimes even better because it doesn't come with the baggage that family has of oh we're responsible for your you know blah 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 so anyway yeah yeah no yeah i mean i guess 
you don't get to choose which family you're born in but you do get to choose which family you want to be with so yeah <laughs> no I'm, i'm happy you found um somebody because it is quite a lonely journey for a lot of us and thankfully i've had sanji with me i, I wish she came for this recording um uh, we've been friends for 10 years and uh, basically both of us have uh, been suffering from pcos uh, which is also a reason why we can't uh, lose weight no matter how hard we yep. try um i have been a dancer since i was 4 years old um oh. and i gave a 6 hour long performance when i was 15 um but i lost i prepared 6 months for that actually uh you know dancing about i don't know 6 to 8 hours every day but um i didn't uh, nothing happened i didn't lose any weight uh and it's, it's similar for sanchi so people don't realize like like i may point it out that you can be fit and fat and that uh, being fat um is not a sign that you're unfit you know so it's quite a lonely journey uh and i'm glad i have sanchi with me because she she understands me when i say that these things happen to me because i'm fat you know Uh, and it's it's also a little disappointing when you don't get that sort of support from your family although i know at least in my family's case it comes only from a place of love um you know because they want me to be happy and successful and everything but they uh, they just didn't grow up in that environment or uh, in some cases they have suffered the consequences of being fat and you know mm. in, in those days it was worse for them so they don't want me to to go through the same thing which is totally understandable um but yeah it's 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 important to have people who understand and don't push you beyond a certain point um the thing though that it's important to remember is it is possible that someone can love you desire the best for you not understand you not understand what might actually be the best for you or not be able to um give you the space to have it the way you want it to be right and therefore hurt you the thing is the way we like to understand the world is always yes or no black or white right but it is eminently possible to deeply love somebody deeply care about them and and deeply traumatize them with your love yeah it's possible yeah. right and that's the thing that's really hard for everyone like as people who who are subject to that treatment is very hard for us to be like no stop doing this i know you're doing it out of love but you're actually hurting me right that's very yeah. difficult to say because they also re- receive it as but i love you you're rejecting my love yeah and you're you're you you're, you're acting like i'm doing something bad how can i do something bad because i love you and i'm like it is extremely possible and it's important to make it normal to hold space for both these things to be true of course we are a very long way from that <laughs> yeah yeah well sorry this just brings back years and years of trauma for me um, yeah i can imagine uh sorry 
I'm just going to take a 30 second silence <laughs> to regroup my feelings. Uh, yeah. We But, actually uh, did a whole episode uh, on this talking to your families. That's the yeah. last episode we put out. No, the last one was doing no. this, the one before that. Yeah. Yeah, but I do so, want to say I have been following your Instagram page actually and uh, I find yeah. it pretty informative and useful and I'm glad that you're doing that. Uh there's you there's also uh, the chubby twirler I think. Mm. Oh god she's Adam. so cute yeah Tanvi. Yeah. <laughs> uh and I think uh, you know th- there are very important points that you both of you raise in a, you know via social media uh, really things to think about uh, and it it's not the conventional you know oh uh, you should not be fat or uh, that sort of stuff or that you know or oh, this is caused by mental illness and you shouldn't make fun of these people uh, which is like you know kind of be uh, normalizing this Um, yeah so yeah i like that you know you treat me like a normal person <laughs> and just want to spread awareness that more of me exists which is great <laughs> yeah, oh so that's so totally <laughs> and it's super sweet but that's just it like fundamentally at the end of the day that's why we started this whole damn thing because we look at how we fought and struggled and learned to be who we are and got into this place and you know again p has done way more work than i have because i was lucky let's just face it so i was lucky um but you know it just comes down to that moment when you look at each other and you're like why didn't somebody tell me this when i was 20 when i was 15 yeah. <laughs> i would have had so much of a different life i wouldn't have been waiting for the way to go to start my life i wouldn't have you know allowed the allowed men that i was in love with to treat me so badly you know, i wouldn't have allowed friends to exploit me i wouldn't i wouldn't have done so many things if i had just had this alternate perspective that existed in my world and so we're like let's do it because we need this perspective to be out there and the fact of the matter is that people reach out all the time and tell us it's of course people also reach out and tell us that it's cool that you're doing all this but you should be exercising to lose weight and i'm like okay girlfriend did anybody ask you i'm going to say no but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i mean it's like it's like captain marvel right i mean as i as i as i remember when i saw that movie there may be problems with it blah 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 but i was like it makes me so happy that my nieces we get to see a superhero movie where the goddess superhero is a woman right the mm. one who can snap her fingers and do anything is a woman and that's amazing but even more than that even more important than that all the little boys in her class mm. will also see that a woman can be a superhero and that's the other thing because i know that i can be fat and healthy the whole fucking world doesn't see it that way right i know that as a woman i can do anything that a man can do except be standing up and you know but the whole world doesn't needs to see that see me that way too i may as a little kid want to go as a superhero for halloween but like all the boys will be like ew there are no girl superheroes and then i will feel that social pressure to not be a girl superhero 
get over sadness yeah or if you were me you would probably just punch the boys who said that <laughs> which is what i well, did for most of my childhood <laughs> Well done. Good for you. It's funny because for me that feminism is what really pushed me into rejecting fat phobia unconsciously for the longest time. And you know, I'm sorry to take us all the way back to long ago in this episode. <laughs> But you know, Pew, you were saying something about um, the language. And it's so interesting to me because I knew all this year all this time that this was wrong I was not comfortable with it it made me it didn't sit right it was like no this is weird I mean but I guess I have to accept it and then the minute I met Pallavi and we started this podcast and I started learning about this I suddenly have the language and it's like everything has just come exploding out it's just that I couldn't articulate these things because I literally didn't have the words Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the words to identify this is fat sigma. You know, this is fat uh, phobia. Yeah. It's incredible to realize how key that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um And on uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm uh, a little bit infected by the optimism bug from maybe since I was born. So <laughs> But I excuse me she is yeah. not a little bit infected just <laughs> FYI guys i have to live with pollyanna so anyway i'm a fit agent of optimism that walks around yes <laughs> unrestricted <laughs> but um please infect me I, too <laughs> no uh, i hear your trauma and your pain and i feel it very real in a very real way and i would nevertheless say from my experience that there is hope you know there is a lot of hard work that one needs to do to get um across that bridge uh you know and heal and have the language and have the uh you know have read and understood and have uh come to a point where you're a little more comfortable in your own body because all of my research and all of you know the exposure i had to uh plus size uh, that's what they call plus size models and body positivity and all of that everything just brought me closer to myself and my body and when i was able to reconnect and that's a that's a lifelong process you know i continue to do that but the more i reconnect with myself with my body the more i'm able to look at the world and address it and you know what you said about your family being coming from a space of love and concern that actually gives me hope that you will be able to have conversations it is never just one <laughs> you will be able to have conversations that will you know make them see things from a different light and also you will the more you believe in yourself the more your world will also i i mean this is my experience it may not as i said please uh, as much optimism as this needs to be like you know as much as it needs to be scrubbed of optimism sure but my lived experience is the more i have been willing to accept myself as i am believe in myself step out and be normal 
it's not that we treat you normal it's just we believe that we are normal and everybody else is normal so the more i'm willing to be normal the more my life has become normal you know and that's where i see the hope really in each of our individual journeys and hopefully then one day that will lead to a collective journey but yeah that's one of the things that i felt very strongly compelled to say <laughs> yeah i feel like we should just start a call get some fancy as uniforms uh, and every time someone wants to join us I'll join us they should say some you know magic words like i don't know uh our cult dress be naked <laughs> <laughs> and the magic word is fat <laughs> and then uh, you can be like the the you know the priest who gives us uh, what is it called uh Initiation, absolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Initiation into <laughs> like you know oh, with God. a halo and, behind and, your head. <laughs> and I'll be the crazy uh, dissenting uh, uh, drug person in the corner. Good <laughs> <laughs> stereotype is never going to leave me. Like even in our cult, I have to be the priestess. Why? I want to be because you are the priestess Pallavi and if anybody else tries to be the priestess you will micromanage the shit out of it so it's just simple to make you be the priestess oh, that's, that's the truth <laughs> of course it's the truth sometimes I'm amazed that we have been friends for only like uh, a year and a half I'm like How is it possible that this person who is like my soulmate I've only known for so long? Yeah, I love that this episode is like it's such a bro moment. You know, I just felt <laughs> like saying bro. That's me, bro. Bro, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Does that mean no? Bro. <laughs> Very yeah, it was it was wonderful talking to both of you Amaya and Pandavi. Thank you so much and I hope we could do this again because I have so many more stories and you know I'm sure there's a lot more underneath this. And um, yeah, thank you for com- coming. Uh and listeners please do go check out uh the Fat So podcast. Um and you know you can just uh, I think you delve deeper into the science of fat right am i right <laughs> yes yes we do thank you very much for reaching out for inviting us to be on this it has been a really lovely conversation um and yeah i'm just going to follow up by the thing i usually say at the end of any episode you can find us at fatso podcast on <laughs> twitter instagram facebook etc etc So uh check out what we're doing and uh, of course please listen to our podcast as well. <laughs> and I'm going to end with what I always say which is lots of love and big warm hugs to you. Aww. Thank you bro. Yeah guys, uh be they're going to listen to our uh thing and find out that you don't say that. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's in my voice. I say a nice bye and at some point I always say love and hugs or something of the sort. So it's okay. <laughs> Ha ha ha!
guys i think she's hallucinating i need to go and check on her <laughs> okay bye thank you so much bye bye